0: Hey everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Squad Pod. Here's your host, my dad, Troy Dog.
1: All right, people, welcome to another edition of the Squad Pod. I'm your host Troy Dog, CEO of verbmoto.com. I have a really cool and jam-packed episode for you today. Um a lot of, a lot of cool Things have happened this week. I've I've reached out to a lot of guys I want to interview, got some new guys on. So this week I have Garrett MarchBanks and Mitchell Harrison. Yep, gonna give you a double feature. And then at the end, we're gonna do a little intro with uh with my boy Bub Dog here, my son Elijah. So he just got um his first dirt bike ride under his belt. Look, he's four. We got the training wheels on. We're going to get the gear. He's never really showed interest in riding his P-Dub that he got for Christmas last year. But now he, he's like all in. He's got his uh, Supercross game. He's just like, I'm ready to ride. So we, we put the uh, the training wheels on and let him rip. I took the governor out the other day. So he's, he's full on 50 kid right now. So I want to get his thoughts on riding. So we do that. So I got two pros and an aspiring pro coming at you today looking forward to it um right off the top here with some news and we like to do our news segment first uh get well soon grant harlan hard dog he took a huge trip to uh the ground yeah an unfortunate which honestly he's lucky to just get away from a broken pelvis with that that was a violent crash and if you haven't seen it Go on Twitter. It's all over it. Um, I have it quote tweeted. I mean, go to Hard Dog. He's got, like, all over there. He's just been uh, stuck in France at a hospital since Sunday. Um, he's waiting on insurance to book him a flight home. So, as of right now, it's it's Thursday night. And he's still stuck in France in a hospital. He's just, uh, I think he developed a gambling problem while he's in there. I talked to him yesterday. He's lost a lot of money gambling, and he's helping me with my fantasy football team, and he's uh, all out of scrolling on TikTok. I think he's seen every reel ever. So get well soon, Hard Dog. We're going to have, when he gets home, we're going to let him get home and get situated, let him get his um, surgery place in place. So um, we are going to announce the winners of his fire fundraiser. I guess that's what you call it. Uh, we're going to announce winners for for the plates and the uh, the jerseys and the VIP package shortly. So stay tuned on that. I'm going to put a post out this week on Instagram to explain why we haven't announced the winners. Mostly it's because Hardog is hurting in a hospital right now. So stay tuned. Uh, next, the, um, the Vermoto Shred Tour is invading Muddy Creek Raceway this weekend. Um... For the Muddy Creek Top Gun Showdown. It's a race that's been held for centuries. In Tennessee. You all know it. Pretty much everyone who's a pro has raced it at one time. Um, we're hosting it. So looking forward to. A good weekend with fall weather. Campfires. Dirt bikes. Hot dogs. You name it. We also have the Cody Gregg Memorial Two Stroke Race. With a purse over $28,000 now. In honor of Cody Gregg. And his father Chris, who tragically passed away years ago, and um, we hold this race in honor of them. Um, I wrote a column about that on Vermoto.com this week. Aaron Plessinger grew up as best friends with with the Grags. They all raced together. They did GNCCs together. They're all like family. So when this race comes around, AP throws up 10K for it each year, and it's just truly awesome that that he does that in honor of his best friend. So uh, props to AP for that. Uh, I'm probably going to have him as number one of my power rankings this week for that reason. And then, um, it's just going to be a good weekend for that. It's going to be a lot of money up for grabs on two strokes for for riders who don't get to earn that amount of money, um, every weekend. So that's going to be really cool. Um, we got Barbie car racing too. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how that, why not? Right. Um, It's just going to be a good time, and it's going to be off the charts, as we like to say. we got gift bags when you come in the gate. You get a gift bag full of coupons, and if you just pay to get in, you get one. So if you're coming to watch and have a good time, you get a gift bag. You get a motorsport.com $20 gift card off your next order. You get discount cards to Backyard Designs, Stasic, and Amp Bikes. You get some VerbMoto stickers and a raffle ticket. So if you, uh, you know, just going to go check it out, like that's what's in the bag. So Um, that's awesome. Love that. And then also we got free demos this week. We have Gringer Electric CRF E2s uh, to to try out. We also have AMP bikes, Suron or Talaria's that you can ride. So um, no sign up. Just just show up with a helmet and you can get on a bike. We're going to have Team Pit Bike Racing. Just look. There's so many things that go down at a shred tour. And I'm just giving you a little bit of it. Free hot dogs too. Ask for a Troy Dog. You'll get one. Or two. Just hot dogs everywhere. We throw them at people. Like you get a hot dog. We're like Oprah. You get a hot dog. You get a hot dog. So. Good times. Dirt bikes. That's what it's about. Let's see. What's next? Oh Yes. Nothing, something I had nothing to do with. The World Mini Grand Prix is returning this spring. So if you were at last year's World Mini event, it was the first annual, um, we brought it back. We hosted the event. But next year, April 4th through 7th, Mesquite, Nevada. You're invited. Come out to the World Mini and uh, we have a tab on our website, verbmoto.com, with the event schedule, pricing, and then we'll have the class list and registration coming in December. But it's something that you're going to want to check out. Uh, I feel like it's going to grow every year. The World Mini was a staple for amateur racing back in the day, and we're, we're returning to that. We're, we're going to make it a staple for everybody to go to. So it's going to be a, a must-race event, and uh, you're invited. Everybody's invited. Invite all your moms. Let's go. All right, let's get on with the Guts Racing Power Rankings. For 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam no matter what you ride. Use the code VERB20 at checkout to save on your order. That includes on anything you order from Guts Racing, I'm sitting on a guts racing seat right now. That's what I get get down on when I do some pods. It's really the only seat you need. Softest. You have 17 colors to choose from with custom. You can put them anywhere you want. It's the official seat of Guts if uh well, not Guts. It is official seats of Guts, but it's also the official seat of Hep Motorsport Suzuki and Rockstar Energy Husqvarna. So be like RJ Hampshire. Be like Ken Roxon. You know, be like a lot of people when it comes to Guts Racing because there's more teams that use that in the pits. Those are just my go-tos every week. So, Guts Racing Power Rankings. Um, Breaking news, Ginger Dog will not be doing Power Rankings until racing starts back up at Anaheim. So, boo Ginger Dog, boo. Uh, But I'll be here. Slaw might be here. But most importantly... I'll be here. So, this week, let's give number one to AP. Putting up 10K for his, basically, um, a person that was like a brother to him. The Gregg family, um, in honor of them. So, you know, we've been talking about it. We talked about when he was on the pod two weeks ago. Um, talked about it at the top of the show. Just a really cool deal for Aaron to put up 10K for the two-stroke race and give back to, uh, tracks, man. Like his dad, um, Aaron's dad, Scott is a a track owner in Ohio. He runs two tracks that are top notch and he knows how much work he puts in. So he values that and that's where he wants to put his money. And it's cool, man. It's a cool deal for AP. And plus he just got home from, you know, helping America at the motocross of nations. Obviously it didn't go to plan. We didn't win. Who cares? AP was there with his mullet, cowboy hat. He was ready to go. And that's what I like. Like, when I think of America, I think of Aaron Plessinger. So, props, AP. You're number one this week. And then number two, I'm going to take a really easy way out, but, like, let's just give it to Garrett Marchbanks because he's on the pod, first of all. He made time to come on the pod and talk about his season and his amateur career a bit. So, um, I haven't had the chance to talk to him until now i'm definitely going to change that for next year he's a cool dude um and then uh just he gave me a ton of insight and we finally got down to the truth of why he didn't come back with pc and he ended up on club of Mech. so stay tuned for that that's coming up um props to Gar- garrett marchbanks for being open and uh give me a great interview so enjoy that that's coming up first and then Guy number three this week, Mitchell Harrison. So he's he's number three this week. Sorry, Mitchell. I put March Banks ahead of you. Um, don't be mad. But Mitchell has had a career. I mean, he's kind of a veteran now. But he's also been on a ton of different teams. He's raced Supercross. He's raced MXGPs. He's raced in Canada. He's been all over the globe for and raced on a bunch of different bikes. So. You know, props for Mitchell Harrison. He's, he also got 11th overall at Redbud this year, like out of a van. So, you know, the guy's just doing it. And honestly, I think he's the most under one of the most underrated riders in the sport. But um, he announces his new deal on this podcast. So I'm um, very excited about that. It's going to be a good deal for him. It's going to be a good deal for the team that he that he's on. And good job, Mitchell Harrison. We're going to keep it short and sweet this week. We're going to let these guys talk because this is going to be the longest episode of the squad pod that we've had. But it's good stuff. And we learned a lot. So, yeah, we got coming up. First, we'll have Garrett Marchbanks. Then we'll kick it over to Mitchell Harrison. And then we'll kick it over to Bub Dog to wrap this thing up. So stay tuned and let's get... Oh, by the way, before I get into this interview, I didn't press record. It was my first hiccup. So, uh, we kind of just start with Garrett talking, but you'll pick it up as we go on because it's pretty self-explanatory. So, I didn't get the intro recorded for him, but, uh, you know, you know, sorry, bros. We still have a a 30 minutes of interview with him. So, enjoy.
2: Oh, I'd actually say back in October, it was pretty rough. Uh, on Halloween, I was doing some motos on the Supercross track and, uh, grenaded my wrist, broke it in two spots, dislocated it, had three surgeries, um so yeah, that was tough. I missed most of the, the half of the season this year um due to the risk. So I was kinda of bummed I missed supercross. But besides that, you know, we, we came into the season on the two fifty in the first two rounds, decided that wasn't the move, so we went the four fifty and that was the right decision. So no, it was good. Um had a really good year, had my first career podium, moto podium, uh, which was a second, so I was super mm-hmm. happy with that um came out of the season even with missing the first two rounds uh with a seventh or sixth overall so yeah no that's my career best i've had in outdoor so yeah it was a good year
1: yeah exactly six overall in the series and then uh you know seventh overall in smx playoffs uh that was that was a really good showing as well um obviously you're 450 skills. Um, you proved, you've proved them over the years. You're, you're six two, right. If, if, if I'm getting that right. Um, just kind of a, a taller, you know, more, I don't know, just a bigger dude when it comes to, to riding. So is that with, when you made the switch from two fifties, um, were you excited or did you, did you under did you think that you would end up having the summer that, um, you did have when you switched?
2: Um, you know, being around six one, six two. I think I'm six one. Uh, and a hundred at the time, I was 185 pounds on the fourth or 250. Mm-hmm. Um, no, honestly, like I, I, came off that wrist injury and told the team, you know, I wanna, I wanna race 250 full time outdoors. You know, I, I feel like I'm such a young kid still. Um, I was 21 at the time and just turned 22 and. Um, I really wanted to prove myself on the lights bike. I really feel like I could, could have been a top five guy, especially with the speed I was riding at, at the practice tracks. And you no, know, we put a lot of time on that bike, uh, a lot of testing hours the changed uh, just everything on it to make it comfortable for me and as re- race ready as possible. And when we came out to those first two rounds, mainly round one Apollo, we just realized, you know, nothing against the team. We just weren't quite there with everything. Mm. And. Um, I remember after Hangtown, I was like, I sat down with everyone, and was like, man, we we got to make a change. Like, I'm not going to sit here and grab my butt off for 12th place, and we're not really have the right, you know, equipment on the lights bike. So they're like, well, if you want to, we'll do the 450, and we'll see how that goes. And you know, it was kind of one of those deals. If you're still doing bad, maybe it's on you. And it was like, all right, well, I'll take that chance. And yeah, no, it was a good decision. We came out of. The first round was Denver, Thunder Valley, and came out seventh. And then the next round at High Point had my second place on the 450 Moto 1 and had a little troubles on Moto 2 with a bike issue. But, no, it was definitely a good year. I was super happy with it. I really do enjoy the 450 and how everything was feeling this year. The summer is the best the bike's ever felt for me on the 450. And, yeah, it was good.
1: I guess kind of for me from a media perspective, um, you moving up to the 450, I wasn't really worried about it. Like, I kind of figured you'd. Everybody says a 450 suits them better, but you being so tall and, and just, you know, a man child, like you said, um, it just kind of seemed like a great fit. So, but like when you went and you were in second at High Point, it was like, okay, this guy's arrived now.
2: Yeah, no, it was definitely one of those tracks that just gelled with me really well. I've always liked High Point. Maybe uh, my first couple of years there, it didn't really like me. It put me on the ground a lot, but. No, I I definitely like that track. Um, I hope they have tracks more like that coming up next year, just that rutted, rough condition where it slows the track down, makes it more technical. I feel like that's what uh, I grew up racing on a lot, especially amateur. So that style of condition, you know, carried over into that track that day, and it was really good. No, I was definitely hoping for some more podiums through the summer, and we were close at times, and, you know, that was just the – that learning curve you know in the 450 class and running that pace all the time so hopefully next year it's an even better year
1: did, did was there anything that surprised you um in the 450 class that you learned
2: <laughs> um i'd definitely say the speed of the top two top three guys um you know those guys jet and chase they were a whole on a whole other another level this year um with speed and just that they could run that the whole time um You know, even the veteran guys were struggling with it that I could see. And, you know, I felt like for me, it was the first time in my career I was able to race a whole outdoor series healthy and not have any issues with my body. So that was really enjoyable to be able to show up every weekend and know I was confident I was going to be good with the body and the bike and everything. So... No, I'd say that was about it it was just the top guys speed and just you know learning things just learning the speed the starts the tracks how the bikes gonna handle and just stuff like that
1: yeah yeah that's a uh, that's fair I mean it was it's was a great summer and then uh, SMX I mean with the hybrid tracks like was that I mean did you surprise yourself on those or did you just kind of just coming in with big big confidence?
2: um with smx i didn't know how it was gonna go just because they said it's supercross and motocross so you're like how the heck do i set a bike up for this and no honestly first round i was a little bummed i I definitely feel like i could have been around the five the seven area and i got 10th that round i just couldn't get out of the dang gate i don't know why i couldn't get those starts dialed at charlotte um but no i feel like my speed coming through the pack was super good um chicago um was dealing a little bit with suspension and and uh i don't know what i was doing with a sickness or a head cold something weird and just wasn't really feeling it that night it was the first time in a long time i feel like i just wasn't i didn't really show up for the race and but we regrouped for la but was feeling really good got the bike really dialed in we put in some good hours leading up into that week and you no know, i definitely say la was the one that surprised me you know i was right there with, uh, Cooper Webb and, um, for fifth, I sat sixth that most of that main and no, it worked out. It was a really good night and I was happy with it.
1: That's yeah, that's cool. And that's, that's honestly a big thing for, I mean, just keeping, just staying healthy and, um, uh, it's, it's part of the game. And so when you, when you do have an injury, it's probably like you jumping into outdoors, uh, it's, Probably hard to get in in the mix, I guess. But you it seemed like you had no problem just jumping right in. So it's usually like, um, if you get hurt, it's you take a couple races to get back into it. But you kind of just jumped right in and just you just stayed there all year. So it was kind of kind of cool to see.
2: Yeah, it was definitely nice. I mean, like you said, it, it takes a couple races, which it kind of did. I mean, honestly. The- when I lined up for Paula on the lights bike, even though we weren't there and we we're sitting 12th or 13th or where, whatever position I was in, I definitely feel like that was the best I ever came into a national and coming into races. I feel like I was pretty level-headed, um, focused fitness felt super good. And no, I, I mean, I feel like 450 was almost like a restart, you know? And, um, that was round one in Denver and I jumped right into it and no, things went good. I was, I was really happy with it and how the season went.
1: When you jump in like that, did you have, did you feel like no pressure situation?
3: Um, definitely. I mean, I, I kind
2: of put a little bit more pressure on myself just because, you know, the 450 class was a little lighter than the lights class and I didn't, I didn't want to not ride good, you know, just because I jumped out of it and I didn't want people thinking I was just jumping ship from a harder class. So that's true. I was definitely kind of like, all right, you need to definitely be top 10 in this class or it's not going to look too good on you. And <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I went six moto one and moto two. I, I still remember, I collided with someone right off the start and had it come from dead last, to eighth or something. And that wasn't too fun, but no, it, it was good. And I, I was happy with it. I feel like after that, I think that's why I did so well at high point was after, after Denver, I had no, no pressure on myself and I was just kind of riding like I usually do at practice.
1: That's cool. And, and so like, look, you've been at this, this is what year five for you now, uh, coming in at outdoors 2018. So yeah, year five. Like, I feel like this was kind of a coming to your own kind of year of racing for you. Do you agree?
2: Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of years where, you know, I, I race supercross and I get ready for outdoors and something happens, a sickness or, Um, A lot of times it was Epstein-Barr or getting hurt with a concussion, so I'd always never race every single round of outdoors. I'd race maybe eight or nine. And even though I missed Supercross this year, which I really do feel like I would have done really well and was feeling healthy going into it, um, it was definitely nice just to know I was able to race, heck, 11, 12, 13. 13 or 14 rounds consistently and was there every weekend in the top 10 i think there was only one race which was chicago i didn't race inside the top 10 so it was definitely a step in the right direction for me in my career and uh just knowing i could be a guy that can compete up there
1: and you recently re-upped with club right you're you're on there for i saw that um or is it just for next year
2: um, I re-signed last year okay, uh, for last another years. so this was my first year of the contract, and then next year will be the last year.
1: Okay. And, I mean, look, you've had success. you got podiums. You you won a main event at Daytona. So, I mean, it, it, it's like when you came up, dude, it was like the Marsh Banks hype was so real. You know, your team green's next big thing. Was that difficult for you growing up with all that pressure?
2: Um. I mean, my first year pro, no, because – I don't know. It was just kind of the whole team was super good with me. Um, it was kind of like a no pressure um, situation uh, my rookie year because I was so young. I went pro at sixteen. They didn't really. They had a lot of good guys that year. HC Forkner, Savachi. So they're more putting the pressure on them to do super well. As of me, it was kind of like you know just just compete every moto and build from that. And you know I had some top five moto finishes um red bud I had I was running like fourth for a bit right on third and um no that that felt like that was one of my best years in the lights and heck um yeah no I it was one of those years where I feel like there's no expectation like I was saying and after that I got hurt midway through that season I got hit by someone's bike, broke my ankle and after that, it was definitely a lot of pressure. You know, rookie season of Supercross, I definitely had to go in and win, um, and I I didn't perform at that. So it was definitely a lot of pressure my first year, my rookie year of uh, Supercross, and especially second year of outdoors. And when I didn't pull through with all that, it was definitely it definitely put a lot of pressure on me.
1: Even like, what about like growing up as a Team Green kid with all them eyes on you? Was that difficult, or was it kind of just like I'm I can just go out and perform I don't really have to worry about stuff or were were you like I'm the next big thing like I have to perform every race
2: um as a team green kid honestly like I didn't really put a lot of pressure on myself as a kid I, I mean I did but I always found myself pulling through and finding that extra speed um amateurs is so much more different than the pro stuff just because just because of um the amount of guys in the classes you know in amateurs there's only two or three guys that are really fast and when you go pro there's 10 and yeah. so the the competition's a lot deeper but you no know, I feel like as a kid there wasn't a whole lot of pressure I feel like I was able to do what, my own program and whatever I wanted so I feel like it really it really did well but I definitely feel like once I run pro uh a lot th- a lot of things changed and uh definitely made it
3: harder
1: and like you said, you went you turned pro at sixteen, like which doesn't really happen anymore. So when you skip your A year at Loretta's and you, you go pro outdoors, um do do you look back on it now and think like, hey, maybe I should have done the A year at Lorettas, or are you are you happy with how that went?
2: Um, I'm I'm honestly really happy with how things went that year of B year. Um I swept like nine titles in a row. Um, yeah. went A race freestone all those classes and won a lot of titles and a lot of those guys that year there's four or five of them that were going pro that were a bit older than me by two or three years and if they were all moving up it was kind of like who was I going to race and I didn't really feel like racing by myself and just dominating a class at Loretta so me and my dad and Mitch and Ryan Holiday all you know sat down had a meeting and it was like you know I really feel like I can go pro and do some things and I'm already beating these guys pretty good, so in the amateur stuff, so why not send me pro at sixteen, get the learning experience and see how things go. And I mean, honestly, to answer your question, no, I don't really feel like I should have raced day though.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I just, just looking back, I'm like, man, it's it's already been five years, like and, and just when you came in it was it was a huge deal and I mean coming into Daytona. And 20 when you got your win you whole shot and check out uh were, were you kind of expecting that 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 weekend or did you surprise yourself
2: um you know that night was just something clicked in me and felt like you know I, I had the starts down we um that season i think started off with a fourth a fifth and a sixth and you know i had some bad starts but the times on the on the paper were really good it was running first second third so I basically told myself, you know, if you could put yourself in a good situation, you could win races. And um, sure enough, that night, you know, I got a second place start in the heat, passed Jeremy Martin for the win and in the main pulled a whole shot. That was my first ever one I've ever pulled and as a pro. And yeah, no, it worked out really well. And yeah, I won it. It, 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 it surprised me a little bit at the same, but at the same time, um, I kind of knew I, I was expected to win.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the expectation you feel, but uh, as you're doing it, were you like, just out front, what were you feeling like? Like, Did you get nervous? What were the? What were you feeling during that main event?
2: Um, Honestly, that whole thing, I was so zoned in. I was just hitting my marks like I would at the practice track, and it didn't really hit me until I looked over. I was so zoned out. I looked over at the pit board with two laps to go, and I was like, holy crap, you're actually going to do this? Like, <laughs> just keep it on two wheels and you got it. And because I remember at the end of that main, the track broke down so bad into one line. It was like, if you could just stay in the main line, hit all your lines and your marks, you'll, you'll be fine. And sure enough, that's what I did. And, um, won the thing. And yeah, it was, it was definitely exciting. I mean, I was super happy to win it, especially at Daytona. That was always a race I wanted to win at. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And it's still a cool story now, but did you, when you went into, uh, you know when your deal was up with pc did you have another offer from them or did you uh have a couple offers to, and then what made you decide to go with club
2: so we went right after daytona um covid hit
1: yeah it got and
2: weird. everything kind of shut down so they went to salt lake for the seven rounds or eight rounds they did and you know there was talk with them and star and that was about it at the time um I mainly wanted to stay with PC just because I was with them so long. I was really happy with the team and everyone. So I was just wanting to build that relationship just like Bill Poto and AC have. And, you know, I grew up racing Cowies. I wanted to stay on them all the way until I retired. That was my thought. Yeah. And I remember Star offered me a deal first, and I pushed it off. I, I didn't really accept it. It was kind of like, I'm going to accept them if PC doesn't really set a deal up. Uh, it was more of like a last-second deal. And, yeah, we went to Salt Lake. We got a third, another podium. They reached out to me, not the first round, second round, Salt Lake. Kawasaki said, We're gonna, we want to do a deal. We want to sign you. Let's do it on the Sunday after the third round. So I pushed off Star basically let them know in a way that I'm going to stick with Kawasaki. Third round, blew my knee out, blew my PCL, MCL out and some other stuff and yeah that was it that was it talks there was no more you know getting talked about uh the head of kawasaki people told me basically you know we're we're not going to sign you now we're gonna stick with another rider and um you're more than welcome to shock yourself around and do something else so we called back the star they signed craig at the time and yeah that was it so i was left with no options so it was just kind of like sitting back at home, still doing the gym, doing some training schools, and seeing what I could do. And last second, start or not start, uh, called Max reached out to me, and we went and tested the bike out in late September, I believe. And yeah, that's what that's what we signed with, and that's where we're at now.
1: Man, that's such an insane story because you're right. Like Daytona, like that was the last normal round for a long time. Uh, had there been a like Indy, had that not been canceled? What do you feel like that you could have carried that confidence into Indy and got another win, or you know everything just kind of stopped and you he didn't get to race again for like what three months or so?
2: Something so, like that. It was about six weeks, six to eight weeks, and yeah, it was definitely a bummer because I remember flying in the Indy and I would I just feel like I was so locked in and so it was zoned in on everything and was like you know you did it once let's do it again if not you know let's let's get a streak going on the podium you know we're at the time we're only. 14 16 points down from the leaders first and second so I definitely felt like I was able to get into that title hunt and once that COVID deal hit it was kind of like you just sat around you didn't know when we were going to race again if we were going to race again yeah yeah definitely lost the momentum and yeah it's it's definitely now uh, momentum's definitely a big thing to have
1: exactly and like looking back you know, that was so like, everyone was so freaked out. Like, was there talk at Daytona about any of this? Was there any, uh, COVID hype, I guess, leading in like at that event?
2: No, it was, it was weird. Cause we knew COVID was a thing and right, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden the Thursday drive into, and or not driving, flying to Indy. They're just like, Oh, they might cancel the round cause of COVID. And we're like, why would they do that like we're we're fine I don't know why we're freaking out about it and yeah all of a sudden we get there and I see a bunch of motor guys turn around they're like oh yeah we're flying back to California tonight And I'm like why they're like oh they canceled the race I was like oh all right cool I guess this is pretty serious so yeah it just seemed like the world shut down and we didn't know whether we're going to race for a while or what was going to happen
1: yeah, that was a weird time. And I I just look back on that. It seems like forever ago, but it's it's still recent. But, yeah, weird times. I always wondered what Daytona was like because, like, leading up to it, I mean, you never thought things would shut down the way they did. So, you know, when you guys are traveling week to week, just focused on race to race, it's like, you know, when do you get that call? And, and unfortunately, you were already in, in – you had landed in Indy. So, um interesting. I'd always wondered about that. So, um, Cool. So, yeah, now you found your home with club. Um, I, I feel like you've raised the team into contenders um, with your results. You got podiums. Um, even with this year, 4 for the Outdoors, you know, an incredible year for you guys. Uh, why is club a great fit for you?
2: You know, it, it's a good place. You know, you got all the tracks. Um, you got three or four supercross tracks. You got multiple outdoor tracks. So, you know, if we need to get ready for West Coast, we go ride the other track, one of the other tracks across the road. That's pretty hard pack play. And if we're getting ready for East Coast, we go ride the other tracks. So on the tracks like that for Supercross, we have options to get ready for certain tracks. And especially our, the boss and owner, Brandon Haas, he'll, you know, if there's a track that's going to be pretty technical or pretty gnarly, like whoops or rhythm, he'll change the track into a, a replica, um, get us ready for it. So that's definitely cool, especially outdoor stuff. You know, they have some sand tracks, clay tracks. So we've we've got a bit of all of it and you know that that's a big part of it. Um the training program's awesome on the bike. Um, you know, the the team's awesome. You know, it's like a family atmosphere. Everyone's awesome and they just wanna work together to make everyone better.
1: And I see they're building like a neighborhood there.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if it's a neighborhood or what they're doing. I mean, I know they're building a lot of houses. They're building, uh, like, a bunch of cabins on the property. And, you know, it's pretty cool slowly. I remember training there when I was a kid. There was hardly anything on there. and When I signed there, there was a bunch of cabins. And, heck, after the past three years we've been there, it's just getting bigger and bigger slowly. They're starting to build build a uh, community there.
1: Yeah, pretty soon it'll be like Disney World. They have their own little area, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. What, I mean, is it hard dealing with Phil every day?
2: No, Phil's cool. He's like my, yeah. my big brother. You know, I, I like Phil. and You know, he's a good dude to me. Um, he's definitely a guy I look up to and, you know, ask for advice and tips on things. Not uh, not just moto, but personal things in life. And uh, he's definitely a good dude. I, I like Phil.
1: I do too. I need to interview Phil too because, look, like I said on, on our DM, like I don't know anybody really over at clubs, so I haven't been over to like, you know, row down with everybody and say, hey, so I haven't really been over to introduce myself to you guys, but um, Phil, even despite that, I've texted him a few times, he's he's sure to tell me um, what he thinks of me sometimes, so he doesn't even know me, and he's just, he's himself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's cool. You guys, like, this is, I'm definitely coming by then. This would be a good atmosphere for me, because I'll fit right in.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely a good place. You'd like it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... You actually uh, you enjoy hunting. You went on a hunting trip. Is that you just got back from?
2: Yep, yep. I've been uh, elk and deer hunting.
1: Oh wow, elk! So did you travel for that?
2: Yeah, we drew uh, drew, drove across the state of Utah. Uh, stayed with some buddies, me and my girlfriend and buddy, and we met up with him. We went hunting a couple times for for some deer, and then um, I actually went and hiked up into the mountains uh, about five miles and went scouting and uh elk hunting a couple days and uh haven't had any luck unfortunately but no it's a lot of fun uh just going out there and you know driving and hiking up into about nine ten thousand feet
1: oh yeah okay so you drove drove to utah home like do you kind of like live two places now
2: yeah, I live uh, mainly at Club about 11 months out of the year, and then the other month I'll, I'll come home, drive home from Club to Utah, and I'll live at my parents' place.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I feel like Utah is just awesome, especially in the fall time.
2: Yeah, it's definitely awesome. It, it's super pretty
1: out here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this. anyway, it's just a cool year, man. Like, you, you had a good year. You're, you're still super young. You're only 22. Like, it's – I feel like you have a big future ahead. I mean, you got – you're going 250 SX this year and then – 450 motocross again yes okay that's a perfect fit for you
2: yeah it definitely works out good uh that's definitely what i wanted to do uh last year and luckily it worked out hopefully we could uh keep that program going
1: what do you you want people to know about you that you might i mean i don't know what what's something that we can let the listeners know that about you that you've never said before because we like to have exclusives on this pod you know
2: um i mean like in what way
3: what do you mean
1: i mean like like who like besides racing like what do you like to do like obviously hunting but i mean like everyone golfs that's boring um like do you have any hidden talents like are you good at like rj hampshire is good at baseball Levi kitchen likes to cook sometimes you know like so i don't know
2: yeah i mean i'm a good guy i, I like to, you know camp hunt fish do all the outdoorsy things um don't have too many hidden talents you know i never really played ball sports or anything like that so definitely not good at basketball uh pretty <laughs> uncoordinated with those types of things but you no know, i definitely say my hobbies are uh archery hunting uh rifles um elk hunting deer hunting trout fishing and stuff like that that's what i mainly like to do and if I could, I'd probably just live out of a tent back home, <laughs> up in the
1: mountains. <laughs> so you got survival skills. That's your talent.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep.
1: Well, it makes sense. You like to suffer then, because it's like outdoors is full on suffering. So you like Yeah,
2: that's to... definitely the enjoyment of it. You know, when you're out hiking, uh, that was like the other day, I hiked about five miles um, over a thousand feet of elevation climbing, which isn't too much, but for me, it's, we're at 9,000 feet, so it's pretty tough hiking a 50, 60-pound backpack through the mountains, climbing over trees, and all the dead brush, so it's definitely a challenge, but at the same time, I love it, just that suffer-fest of, you're like, I'm not sure if I'll make it, but I'll, I'll keep trying.
1: <laughs> Props to you, man. I, I get out of breath going up like 12, 12 stairs in my house, so yeah, I breathe <laughs> heavy for that, so that's, yeah, I don't think I'll be able to join you on that. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, no, that's cool. And and like you said at the beginning, I actually didn't have it recording, but you like the man child nickname. It's here to stay.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely have to say that's the one to stay. I mean, uh, Kevin Kelly and a lot of those guys, West Kane, <laughs> right. that was the name they picked me back when I was a kid. And, um, yeah, it's just stuff the whole time. People still call me it. So I just, I just let it uh, fly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember Kevin always joking like you had a beard when you were like 12. Just being funny. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was. Yeah, he's he's a funny dude. I like Kevin.
1: Yeah, and he's also he, he does a podcast for us too, so it's very, you know, we're we're big on Kevin Kelly here. So. Heck yeah! Yeah, dude. Well, I'll, I'll uh, definitely come say hey when I'm at a race this year. Um, thanks for your time and doing this, and uh, we'll be in touch, man. Thanks.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely, I'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. Sounds good. See ya.
1: See ya. All right, we're sticking with man-child here. I was hoping we could come up with a new nickname, but he's all about the man-child. So, I mean, props to Kevin Kelly for yet another nickname that sticks in the pits. So I have one that's stuck. You know, we we'd said hard dog on the broadcast this year. I like to remind people that we made it. So um, props to that. We, we are trying to get the other five squad riders on the broadcast with their nicknames. But we'll get there when it's time. Like Weege says. We'll get there. But uh up next, Mitchell Harrison. Enjoy. All right, on the phone with me today, joining me on the Verb Moto podcast network is none other than Mitchell Harrison. What's up, man?
3: Hey. Hey,
1: Joel, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, catching up with you. It's been a long time and I'm I'm I saved this story. I didn't tell you this, but so long story short, 2009 Minios. Um, I was helping out a rider. I was down there with, we, uh, I, I was picking up a tire or a wheel or something and we're carrying it back and up comes, I mean, you were a kid at the time up in, uh, a golf cart and you're just like, Hey man, do you need a ride? And I was like, yeah, if you don't mind. So like, uh, we, we started talking and then you dropped me off at, at the pit and then I was like, what's your name, man? Because you didn't tell me. And you're like, I'm Mitchell Harrison. And then, like, all week, I was just paying attention to what you were doing. And that's kind of, like, where I uh, started paying attention to you. So, thanks for the ride. 15 years yeah. or so. But uh, were you just, yeah, like, were you just picking it, up people?
3: Um, You know, I was uh, 10, year, 11 years old at that time. And I think a sketchy golf cart that was really loud, it backfired a lot. <laughs> um, I, no, I was – so, I mean, I was probably picking up my friends, and I was probably just uh, causing mayhem because that's what we kind of did uh, when I was that age. Uh, me and my buddies would just go around on golf cart, pit bikes, whatever, and uh, kind of just cause a little bit of mayhem. I feel like Minios was a lot more fun back then because, like, when I was in A year and B year, it felt like it went downhill, and I haven't been there since.
1: Yeah, I I was oh9 was the last year I went eight9 and, and I haven't been back. So I just was like kind of like. I mean, that's super nice, because moto people are super nice, but then it's like, all week you're up front battling. I'm like, what? Like, what? that was the most random thing ever, and you're just scooping up people just to help. Like, I don't know, but I appreciated it.
3: Well, I mean, if you struggle with tires, I, I understand your pay, because those things suck, <laughs> especially if you're walking back. Like, I don't know how far back you are, but... Yeah, we were It's bad. not fun to carry, carry tires anywhere.
1: Yeah, you're right. No, but that always stuck out to me, and I, I mean, I haven't even... I don't think I've done an interview with you or, or talked to you since. So hey, we got a lot of catching up to do. Yes, we do. So that was my funny mini story. I just, like, it was just kind of shocking, like, that. no one really does that, man. So, I mean, you're right. You're just making mayhem happen, I guess.
3: <laughs> mayhem, I guess that's more helping. So I think I need to do a good deed for the week yeah. to continue uh, my recklessness and uh, <laughs> bad behavior for the rest of the week.
1: Nice. So you, you told me you were driving uh, back to the East Coast, I'm assuming Michigan still?
3: Uh, no, so huh? I haven't lived in Michigan since I was uh, 12 or so, because I moved down to Georgia. Uh, you know, my yeah. parents were gracious enough to move down there and get my career going, because uh, they somehow saw some talent in me. And um, so we moved down to GPS, and I rode there, and then uh, when I got picked up with was- was star when i was 17 we moved out to california and then ever since then it's just you know florida california and, uh and you know you went to europe and just been all over the place
1: uh so but now i'm going to south of the border right now okay so you got you've been racing in canada and also i mean you did supercross you did uh red bud um another outdoor as well but you've been kind of all over the, the board um lately yep. so what do you can you drop any uh, news on your 24 plans?
3: Yeah, the will be with, uh, you know, we haven't officially said anything, but uh, it'll be PRMX for Supercross, uh, and then for Canada for Outdoors, and then I'll be doing uh, some uh, select uh, AMA Outdoor Rounds, and hopefully we can uh, get into the playoffs and all that. But uh, I definitely like uh, – I definitely love Canada. Um, I – want to prove myself in the state still especially in supercross because i feel like i've always not been the best in supercross and i've wanted i've always wanted to do good at supercross I, I know i have the talent too it. it just it just hasn't come as natural as outdoors has
1: yeah i mean one of the things i i wanted to get to you at red Bud. i wasn't at redbud this year but i wanted to get on that because you you showed really good speed up there i mean i know it's a track you've raced a long time but I mean it was you got 11th you know so I mean you still have the speed to do outdoors obviously
3: yeah that that was a great weekend that um that was the first time I've ever done it on my own in a lot of ways like obviously I had my uh national uh Canadian national bike uh but and they gave me the van but Mm -hmm. For the most part, it was just me and my fiance on our own. Um, and, you know, I, I get to the race and, like, the amount of help from, like, like other people and, like, even AEO helped me out. It was astonishing, like, that kind of, like, uh, friendship and, like, the help from the community was uh, was amazing. But, like, it was the first time I, I was, like, full-on alone, and it was so much fun. Like, Madison went to the line with me, and, like, she didn't really know what to do, and the mechanics helped me with my own device. And she was just cheering me on the entire time through pit row, Just she always screams her head off during the races. And it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But it was that was a really fun event. Um, and like Redwood even though it's my home race, it's not my home track. Like Baja was always my home track. Like like I know it, but I don't know it like perfectly well. But obviously, with your home race, it definitely helps you. And um, like I th- I thought I would Best I could there. It was frustrating because I would do everything so right and I'd see, like, you know, these PC guys just like edging me a little bit. Edging me. Obviously, my bike wasn't all the way there and we were having a little bit of issues with, uh, I don't know what it was. I think the mapping was a little off that day uh, with the ECU and like my bike would bog three, four times a lap, like in the rollers or on the landing, going up lots of walls. It was just, it was just annoying. But like, somehow just pulled through and, like, rode really, really well. And I, it, was, it was probably one of the most fun days of racing I've had ever. So, I was just overall stoked about that.
1: Yeah, Redwood's always a good time, too. So, it seemed like good vibes were happening. And you just had, like, no pressure to, to perform, really. Just kind of go and have fun.
3: Yeah, the, all the pressure was getting uh, everything ready. Uh, I didn't like that. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know where to park, like, how to like, park, how to do tech, even though you know, all of it's, like, super simple. But I was, like, stressing out about, like, those little stuff. The little but, details. like, the racing thing, I was, like, I don't really – whatever happens, happens. It doesn't really matter. Obviously, I hope I do well. But whether or not I take, like, 30th or 6th, like, just go out try your best.
1: Yeah. No. No, that's – that's good, and 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 it's cool that you're you're heading to to be on PRMX this year. Um, great team, Julian, the owner, and I have become pretty close uh, this past year or so. Like, uh, I don't know, we just are always talking to each other. So he he's just building the program and keeps building it, and it's it's a really good atmosphere. So, um, you know, you gotta be looking forward to this fresh start on a you know back on Cowies too.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, Julian seems to. He just progressing each year and like really stepping up and um like I I i talked to Julian all summer and we never we kinda of talked about supercross and like we'd be joking around, like, hey, come right for me and whatnot. But it was never really serious until he actually hit me up and he's like, Hey, like I have a spot. Like do you do you want it? I'm like, Okay, let's just send over details, let's go over and I'm like, Yeah, this is awesome, let's let's do this. And I'm just I'm more stoked about like the testing and um, like he, he just went over like all the testing we're gonna be doing, which I think is just so so key for Supercross and and it just and like being on the East Coast and I like I've always been pretty open that I don't really like California, um, so like I've always just loved being on the East Coast or and I know these tracks are really good I was. Here, I was at SOB in 2016, um, which I love, a star. Um, so it, I think it'll just be like a really good environment for me, and hopefully it it works out really well for Supercross.
1: Yeah, yeah, perfectly said. Yeah, I mean, look, it, you've you've been pro for a while now. Like uh, 2016, like you said, coming up with Star Racing. You're a longtime Team Green guy. Um, although I was looking back in the archives a little bit, you did Suzuki for 2013. Was that like the revamped Suzuki kind of thing? I, I can't remember.
3: So that was fair in, uh PR2. Yes. Basically. Yes, it was. And Jordan Smith was on it before me. Um, then it was me. And then I think they did two more years. And I think they were done. Which yeah. was unfortunate because it was a phenomenal team. It was uh, They gave me the best equipment. I mean, I won Loretta's on being... 140 pounds on a super many. Like, <laughs> that doesn't really happen. So, they gave me the best equipment and then Team Green called me and it just seemed like the right fit for a pro because we didn't really know what Suzuki was doing at that time. They didn't really have a pro structure. Um, so, yeah, I went to Team Green and uh, a fun fact that I still like to this day is that I'm the last Team uh, Green rider to win an A title there at Laredes.
1: That is a fun fact. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think to look that up. It's yeah.
3: not like, it's more like for me. Um, yeah. I don't really think anybody cares, but I just like that.
1: So it's been since 2015 that they've been shut out. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I didn't so know that.
3: They need, they need to step that up a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's rough. I mean, the, the way it's been going, it's... Um, it seems like that jump from Super Mini to 250 is pretty big for the Team Green Kids.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, honestly, I just think other teams snatch them up. Um, yeah. Maybe Star back to, like, for a while, as Geico and then, like, yeah, if you win Super Mini, obviously, it's a pretty big penny for you or if you're in 2 b uh, same thing. Um, so, like, the Team Green program's look probably the best, I think it's still the best program in amateurs. I really don't follow amateurs as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Mitch's team is still one of my favorite uh, factory teams there is. So I just know he's a phenomenal program. I just uh, I don't know why. Oh, I guess I know why um, these kids are going to Star and whatnot. And right. It's a great program right now. It's uh, probably the best program.
1: They have they have eight hundred riders too, so.
3: Yeah, that's the thing is that they have a lot of money, so if, uh, they can hire many a million riders. <laughs> yeah. So it's hard for uh, all these other teams to really compete with that, but. Uh, yeah, I think if. Uh, yeah, I don't know if PC has to go find somebody on, uh, on Superbuddies, which they, it seems like over the years they have their one their one guy, um, like Centurilla Forkner, uh, Jet Reynolds uh, Francisco now uh, but I don't, I don't know
1: if they really have a guy like that um, coming up yeah yeah you kind of have to eh, there's a couple guys that that you could point to and say that but but yeah like back to you though we'll get I want to touch on star racing with you in a, in a minute but before 2009 like you didn't go to Loretta, so like 09 was your first year there so did you just get a late start or did you not have the opportunity to go? Like, what What was, like, the first early years of your amateur career like?
3: Um, it just wasn't good enough.
1: Oh, okay. Um,
3: I couldn't make it. Um, something, uh, I have to think, uh, when did I go down to GPF? G- GPF was around 2012. Something when I went from 60s to 80s kind of clicked. And I, went, I remember specifically going to one regional, and I would battle, and I almost won it and battled with uh Alexander Fry, which at that point he was the the big guy he, he was, was the yeah he was the guy and that kind of flipped the switch for me to where I like kind of felt like I was getting good enough and I think the next year or I don't, either 2010 or 09 I, I won a moto um and then a couple of years after that, it, it was like I would have average results. And then my parents were like, oh, okay, let's commit to this, go down to Georgia. And then that was really when I started becoming uh, a champion is when I started training out there every day. And um, I always, always worked really hard and always had a lot of good guys around me. I had Tristan Charbonneau around me. Um, so we always would battle each other. And I think that just kind of elevated my level.
1: So right after we met is when your level elevated.
3: Exactly. So yeah. me giving you a ride yes. and maybe any words of wisdom that you had mm-hmm. uh, spiked my level.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair. Exactly. Yeah. It, it happens. Um,
3: I think that's just what the effect that you have on
1: me <laughs> The effect. Yeah, we could call it that. You know, that's the first time anyone's ever picked up on my like a compliment to myself. Everyone else is always just like, you know what? No, dude, like I did it all myself. Like you could have just like just shunned me there, but I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah,
3: I mean, I definitely (laughs) I gotta give credit where credit's due because I definitely didn't get here by myself. That's for sure.
1: Man, so yeah, well, you get you get the star racing ride. Uh, Did you not have an option, I guess, to go to PC after the two fifty eight title? And I mean, you got third in the other in open, so. It's, it was a successful year at Loretta's. Did you have any other offers, or was Star kind of just like, I know where I'm going?
3: Um, actually, it was more of a – at first it was like, yeah, Star, like let's go Star. Mm. Um, and, no, Pro Circuit, I was I was really upset that uh, Pro Circuit didn't offer me anything. Uh, they, Like I said, I think they had all, all their eggs in uh, the Faulkner basket. He was a phenomenal rider, um, but it, it upset me because I thought it was that was like kind of where I wanted to go. And then, but Team Green still offered me the another A ride, but obviously I was I was done. I just I didn't want to be an amateur. I want to be pro. I want to make money. Um, so going to Star, I thought it was a, like a done deal, but it didn't turn out to be a done deal. It was a uh, it was a tryout between uh, me, John John Ains and uh, Bradley Taft. And I didn't really know that. And then so we went to California, and my dad tells me this. And I was kind of, like, a little bit all cocky about it. I I thought I had it in the bag. And my dad actually yells at me, and he's like, like, if you just think, like, you have this, like, we should just go home now because, like, you need to get your head in the game. And I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. So... I really put my head down. Like, we went to the Supercross tracks, and um, I was hitting the whoops really well, and I had everything pretty dialed, and they are like, yeah, okay, let's do your contract. Let's go.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, so that's how that kind of all went down, and uh, yeah, Stars, it was a lot of fun. Um, really good bikes. Uh, it was really fun being teammates with Cooper, uh, and... Aaron, Aaron was a lot of fun. Alex Martin and Jeremy. Jeremy was only there for a little bit, but uh, it, it was really fun. Uh, AP and uh, and uh, Alex Martin. Uh, he definitely like helped me a lot on that team.
1: Yeah, Al- Alex did.
3: Yeah, Alex did. He was a he was a good mentor to me, um, and also like he would. I had him. He was at Alden Baker's with me as well, so like just having him around was always comforting
1: kind of like a uh i don't know maybe like a precursor to troll training today where he's kind of helping you out a little bit too with training and stuff um
3: yeah it wasn't more like i would go to him with training because i knew he was really really smart about it Mm -hmm. Uh, he knew what he was doing so i would go to him about training um but like i think it would just be like he just like helped me through the races and like give me just like like little pet talks like uh, he was just a good guy
1: that's cool that's cool and it's cool yeah. because he was a a veteran at that point and you were just a rookie coming in and not know what to expect so that's that was probably very very vital to to even now
3: yeah no it really was i mean like i've had a lot of like um big chris blows being one of my teammates and uh yeah just little older guys like that have always helped me out, but Alex always stood out to me. Um, he just a genuine, genuine guy and he was a, phenomenal an animal rider. And, uh, I felt like he always like, uh, was always really smart about how he went about things, especially the training. And I was always interested with how to get better at training. So, um, like I really like would talk to him about that.
1: That's cool. Yeah. So you had two years at star. Uh, you seems like he really enjoyed it. Um, uh, then you get the offer for twenty eighteen to go to Husqvarna Rock or Rockstar Husqvarna um, for eighteen. Uh, did you have an option to stay at Star? Did you need a fresh start? What was what was that?
3: It was um, so in twenty sixteen. I was training with Gareth Wonderful, and uh, I didn't really that part. I didn't really like um, like Gareth was great as a trainer, but. I just didn't feel like we we all like clicked really well. Like, um, I just wasn't really part of that group, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I went with a different trainer. I went with Dylan Turner, and I I mean we clicked a lot better. So that kind of isolated me, and I was told that like that that was going to isolate me. Like if like in the future, like if that. If it came down to it, like, um, it wouldn't be good if I wasn't training with Gareth. So, so I, I, I I thought it was better for my career to go with this other guy because I wanted to win and, um, you definitely up my my riding, um, but it wasn't good enough to win, unfortunately. I had a lot of good motos, but, uh, to be a star, you have to win constantly. Um, so, I was in between, I was talking to JGR, and I was talking to Husqvarna. And, well, actually, I was talking to JGR. I actually went out to JGR and tested her their bikes, and I was like, "Like, let's get a contract going. Come on, guys. And then, like, I guess they were getting one together. I don't know what's going on, but I never got one. And Husqvarna called, her like, hey, do you want to ride for this? I'm like, oh, crap. So <laughs> I ended up going with Husky because um, I, I honestly thought the Husky Warner was going to be better than the Suki, um, which to me was a great choice because the team was amazing. I uh, loved everyone. Uh, like Zach, again, was like a Alex figure to me. Jason Anderson, he's still – Zach and Jason and Dean and um, Scuba and uh, – Sean and all of them still help me to this day. Uh, Pat, my mechanic. Uh, It was a phenomenal team. I loved every second of being with that team. Um, So, it was just like uh, at the end of that uh, I was I thought I was going to get re-signed because I I I had an all-right Supercross but I went I went to motocross injured, which was awful because I was coming in thinking I was going to win the title. Um, and then, so it took me a lot of rounds to get my shoulder. I injured my shoulder. I got AC separation. Uh, and I tried to ride Hangtown. I couldn't at all impress. So it took me to a high point to come back. And it was just, it was slow. Like, I wasn't strong enough. I didn't have race uh, the race pace. And then I I started ramping it up, get podium in Udila. Mm-hmm almost podium in, uh, Puts Creek. And then going into Ironman, I, I thought like, okay, let's resign. And they're like, no, we're going with Mosman and Covington. And that was awful. That th- kind of like destroyed me. I, cause I've always, well, obviously I was always a factory guy. So like, I was like, what am I going to do? And like the fact that I thought we had such good vibe and like, and thought I, I was – like, I earned my spot. It just – yeah, I was just really upset that that I didn't
1: get Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you started ramping it up towards the end Outdoors, too. Like, from Southwick on, it was – you got 9, 10, 11, 10, 3, 4 in your results. So, that was overall finishes. So, I mean, yeah, I can see why you'd be kind of a little uh, upset by that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it just – that was upsetting. So yeah, I had to figure out what I was going to do. Um, so went to, uh,
1: Rockwell, Yamaha. But,
3: yep. Team, uh, team solitaire Rockwell for yeah. 2019. Um, and I think they'll admit it. Uh, now I, I, don't think they were really ready for, uh, the typewriter I was at that time. Um, and we we did have a lot of issues, we had a lot of engine issues, um, which was unfortunate. And then it, it just like the whole that whole team was great. Um, I really like Ryan. I really like uh, I really liked all of them. But just, I got a call to go to Europe, and to me, it just made more sense um, than than the staying in that program for that year.
1: Yeah, no, it, and then you you go to. Um mxgp race for bud racing for uh 2019 also and then 2020 and then you get a pc fill-in opportunity in 2020 um uh, what was that tryout process like because there was like like five of you that tried out wasn't it
3: yeah i think it was it was quite a bit of guys um i was i talked to i think it was aaron nixon i think he kind of got me the end with that um and yeah so Mitch called me which is awesome to get a call from Mitch yeah uh, to go to Glen House and so I show up and talk to everybody and they're like okay you wanna do like a little bit of warm up and I'm like yeah um so I did like a 10-15 minute warm up I love the bike right away um and I pull off and they're like do you wanna do more and I'm like no I feel good it was like okay 30 plus 2 so (laughs) I went as hard as I could for 30 plus two. And yeah, I, I earned my spot and uh, yeah, getting that call called it the film for him. Cause like I said, for amateurs, that was, that was where I wanted to be. That was, the, that was the dream ride. And, um, so the ride for him was incredible. It was, it was an incredible experience. Um, and like, I got to, uh, a good relationship really came out with that because, uh, his, uh, his kid Ty, um, really likes to golf, and I really like to golf. So me, him, me, Ty, my dad, and uh, his other son Tanner, we would go do uh, uh, like a little golf, like one uh, uh, partner, two, two versus two, and it, it was always like a really fun time. So we got we, we became I became really close with uh, Mitch and his, uh, and his kids and his wife uh, through through that. So that that was, that's really re- rewarding. Um, I mean, like the whole experience to ride for his team was awesome, but I think like just the friendship and, and beyond is, is more special.
1: That is cool for you too, because that was kind of like the team you were kind of expecting to go to probably in 2016. It just happened four years later. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It happened, it happened four, four years later. And, um, uh, yeah, I thought I had a really, really good season with them too, and then um, got an opportunity to uh, try out for the Supercross ride, which I didn't really think was going to happen. Um, yeah. Un- unfortunately, uh, for me, it went to Joe Shimoda, which turned out to be a great pick for Pro Circuit. Right. Um, yeah. Even though I thought I would have been better. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. I mean, so, that's that's fair. I mean, that that was like kind of like the start of that whole then he kind of like through his results proved to be like team leader so i mean it's like you know
3: yeah yeah he became basically team leader uh and yeah where is he going is he going to Hava officially
1: i that's that's the word it's just we're waiting on the press release so
3: gotcha yeah yeah so yeah so i ended up going to where do i go next uh aj muck or muck off Muckoff, yeah muck off and great that bike, honestly that that was probably one of my favorite bikes I've ridden in Supercross to this day. Um, it, for some reason, like immediately when I hopped on it, um, testing Supercross, and I didn't, I I went, I didn't ride Supercross for a while at this point um, because I went to the GPs for two years and the GC was. Uh, through just outdoors, so I, I I didn't ride supercross for a while, and I hop on this bike and I literally go out and do everything first lap, and I'm like, wow, this thing is just... so that that bike was amazing, and I had a really good year with that team. I I, I want to stay with them too. I don't know what happened there. It just you just didn't call me back.
1: Yeah, no, you did. You, I have down here. You had uh, one, two, three, four, five, five top tens, and um, you know, it was a great season out of, out of all those rounds. You know, you had yep. six was like your magic number. You got three of those, but um, yeah,
3: yeah there was a there was one around Houston. Uh, I should have played it, uh, Probably should have been close to winning it. I think I, I led for most of the race and uh made a little mistake and kind of looked back from there so that was uh that was a choke moment honestly so <laughs> never really yeah. experienced being able to lead and then i i think i'm like oh i can win this and then I make a mistake so that was, that was unfortunate
1: yeah but you, so since then like since like the pc filling ride you've been kind of doing you know you've been doing supercross you've been up in canada but like you're right you haven't Being in Canada down here is like out of sight, out of mind. So it's kind of like if you're crushing it up there, it's kind of rough to really open the eyes of some teams. So it's cool that PRMX is up there, seeing what you're doing, and offer you a spot down here.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's really you're really out of sight, out of mind when you're up in Canada. Um, When I'm, but when I'm up there, I feel like like I'm winning. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is this is a great pace. So it's cool to like to go to Redbud. And then you show that, especially for the Canadians, because like they've, they've accepted me and they've like been really open to me. So like, like getting them on the map, like more makes me feel really good.
1: Yeah, no, it's cool. And I, that's why I kind of called you here. I'm like, man, you, you put in some really solid results the past couple of years, but I don't see your name in the press anywhere. So I'm like, you know what? Verb's going to jump on that. We're just going to get, see what you're up to. You know, it's a, uh, it's been a little yeah. bit and you're kind of an OG of verb, you know.
3: Yeah, and well, verb is my was always my favorite platform to go on and it was my number one place to go see videos and everything and uh the verb platinums and all that it's just yeah, so it's only fitting that I come
1: <laughs> coming back on a
3: podcast here.
1: Yeah, well, I mean we went away for a couple of years too, so we you know, we're back now. Exactly. Some would say we're back better here. than ever.
3: Uh yeah, I would say so. Nice. We, need, we need the plat- We need the platinums back, though.
1: Platinums, yeah. That's Wes, so we'll yell yeah. at him.
3: Yell at him, get him back from his yet seat. C- CBS, he's some high company now.
1: No, what? what? Well,
3: it, it, where is Wes?
1: He's here. He's with us.
3: He's here again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Tell him. I thought he went somewhere like really high up for a bit, and then he's back. That's good.
1: Yeah, he's definitely back. He's been back since uh, we came back in 2020, so he's... Yeah, he just stays kind of behind the scenes a little bit. Yeah. Um, Very behind the scenes, Then. (laughs) No, he's around, though, so you'll have to hit him up. I will. Um, Yeah, so that's cool. PR Max coming up. I I did... I was looking through some stuff. Are you a Bengals fan? Uh, So, the NFL is...
3: Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, I don't really care about the NFL. But I'm more, a, I, I'm an Ohio
1: State fan. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, well, I don't cool. know if that matters.
1: I don't know. I saw a caption. It was like Bengals or something. I'm like, oh, cool. But that's like my home yeah. team here, so
3: perfect. Yeah. No, I mean, that like Bengals, Browns. Uh, yeah, I just, just if if they're gonna be in the Super Bowl, I'm gonna root for them. But other <laughs> than that, I don't really care. But I do like Joe Burrow because he was also a really good quarterback
1: yeah it's a bandwagon type thing like me yeah
3: yeah yeah basically if, if one of those teams are doing good i'm gonna hop on
1: board yeah no i feel that for sure no, that's cool i i i definitely think pr max is going to be great for you and um man it's it's just uh it's cool get back in the, the swing of things on team green and just yep. just keep on going like you're it seems like riders who stick with it a long time in Supercross seem to get better and better, and so, I mean, you have the, the speed and skill, obviously, so, I mean, training at SOB every day, this is going to be a good fit.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a great fit, especially um, one of my teammates is Hunter Yoder, and we go along great, um, so just pushing each other every day, and he's young. Um, he doesn't seem as young as he acts. Like, he seems a lot older, but kid, what is he, nineteen? I so, believe so,
1: he is 19, yeah.
3: Yeah, so he's, like, super young, super, like, energetic, ready to get super cross-rolling and start his career and everything, and just, I'm kind of, like, feeling old and uh trying to finish out a, a career, even though I'm 25, which is insane to think that I'm old.
1: Yeah, and you can mentor him like Amart did to you, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> Full circle moment.
3: Uh, yeah. I mentor, I mentor him on the golf course more than anything. Ah, okay. Has
1: he yeah. has he said anything about like him running my face on his helmet at all? Uh no, not at all.
3: I don't yeah. think we've ever talked about it. that's yeah. like that's how I followed you is uh from seeing your face on his helmet.
1: <laughs> it's a and, mess, dude. Yeah. True. True. Okay. So you've seen it. You know, you you understand a yeah, little bit of what it is?
3: Uh, I only understand that it's on, uh, the, on their helmets. I don't
1: really know much about it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole thing. It's a squad. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I like the squad. Yeah. It's a squad. So good. that's cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for the time. I only want to keep you a little bit, but, um, let's catch up, you know, when Supercross starts and, uh, see how it's going. Yes, sir. Sounds
3: good. Thanks.
1: All right. Well, thanks for being on and, uh, I'll talk to you soon, man.
3: Yeah. No, thanks for letting me on.
1: Absolutely. Take care, buddy. See. Ya. I told you guys, uh, in the top of that interview there that Mitchell Harrison saved my life. well, he saved me from walking a long time, you know but I thought that was cool, you know like here's this kid that who at the time I didn't even know like I thought maybe he could have like he was running up front all week at Minneos that week and I'm like, hey, he's just a top amateur, like like uh, he's just being nice, like he's just his sponsors love him, like he's just helping people out. He's helped me out. But uh, he was just happy to be there, apparently, and just helping, helping uh, whoever he saw struggling out. I guess I was struggling pretty bad. But um, that's awesome. That was uh, before I was even doing anything verb-related or anything. So I could have used... I, what I should have done was later on that week, I was parked in the back lot in a tent. Um, and I had to walk about two miles every day to get to the verb tent to film. Um, what I should have done was enlisted him and his driving abilities, but you know, 15 years later. Or so just opportunities miss. But anyway, I thought that was a funny little story. Uh, up next with bub dog here. Um, keep in mind, this is a normal day at my house. We have, um, we, we can't stay focused on one thing too much. So I'm surprised I got that many words out of bub dog. He kind of freezes up when he sees, um, you know, the recorder come out, but, you know, it gives you a taste of what my life is like and why it's hard to find quiet areas to record this. So enjoy a moment of, um, my house. So here's bub dog. Welcome everybody to a average day at my house. Yes, you are my talent. I'm giving you an intro because you're, you're a very important person. No, no, don't leave. No, come back. Here, you do it. You want to give yourself an intro? This is what we go through every day, people. All right, intro yourself then.
0: I ride in my bike outside.
1: Yeah, that's why we're talking to you.
0: Yeah, it's super Who, who speed. are you,
1: though? Like, we need to intro you.
0: I'm going
1: to do it. Sammy, who is this? Tell them who it is. Bubba. Yeah. So, uh, Bubba, also known as Bub Dog, also known as my son Eli.
0: I want this is
1: Duke Dog right here. Yeah, okay, Duke Dog. Take it away.
0: What is just, it? Just
1: talk into it and say how much you enjoy you, watching Eli ride dirt bikes. Are you dirt right bikes? There. Yeah, how much do you like watching him? Are you his mechanic?
0: Yes. Yeah. Talk about mommy and me and my dirt bikes. The bikes.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I took Eli out. He's riding his dirt bike, his P-dub. Uh, we put it in the front yard, and he is ripping. We took
0: the gun out. He was out ripping. And, uh, I was ripping super fast, and my dad, Troy Dog, took the piece out to make it rip.
1: Yeah, so when I took that out, what, did it, what was it like?
0: It like ripping like this.
1: Yeah. Well, they can hear you. They can't see you, but uh, give context to people. He's running around that room now, so... You're you're almost five years old, so we're a little behind on on going to Loretta's right now. You know we do have our our training wheels on still, but we're making it happen. Everybody everybody does things at different times, so.
0: what's us stance dance my dance party.
1: So anyway, what do you, Eli? Come here and tell people what do you like about riding the most.
0: I just. Love dirt bikes, everyone.
1: But why do you like riding? What makes it, what's, what's Cause so fun?
0: Because I love to rip super fast and get bobble-hitting.
1: Yeah, we're going to get you some, some gear for your birthday and stuff. Come here. Tell the people who your favorite dirt bike riders are. Uncle Living in suspense. Uncle no, like, be serious. Like, who are your favorite dirt bike riders? Korea
0: Towers.
1: like... <sighs> Like hard dog, big hard dog fan. I like hard
0: dog and grit hard and everyone. Here's already coming on.
1: Well, you really, um, okay. you really made me write a really cool article last week or two weeks ago about the cowboy Aaron Plessinger. Are we still a fan of AP's? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, guys, I, I, this actually went better than I thought. Uh, they're, they're actually They're in the other room now They can't stay focused on one thing For more than five seconds So um, That went better than I thought Do you want to say anything else to people Before I, I let go?
0: Yeah Sammy's got my cozy coupe And he likes dirt bikes too
1: Yeah, who are Sammy's favorite riders? Nick, like Jet Lawrence?
0: What's your favorite Dirt bike ride? I like, ride. I like red
1: he likes red. So um what, what, Jet Lawrence then perhaps. Like. Hunter Lawrence, red? Yeah. Red, red. And then uh Eli like? I want to talk to you. The people think you're you're really cool. They really think that your intro is the best intro ever. So what what went into your intro for this podcast? What made you really like it came from the heart. So, like, how did you do that?
0: Yeah, I just got I rocker. Sammy. And then I want to raise other jumps and get some big time in like this.
1: Yeah, he, he also plays his Nintendo Switch, and he plays a Supercross game on there. We're trying to be Supercross champs right now, aren't we?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're
1: pretty good. So, what's your number on there? Eight. Yeah, we like number eight here, don't we? What number are you on your dirt bike, your, your real dirt bike? Three. Yeah, and what do you ride? You part of the blue crew?
0: You sure am.
1: Nice.
0: And I just rip star. Like this and oh, star? I it.
1: Star racing?
0: Yeah, star racing and tell me turn for
1: racing. Do you think um you <laughs> wanna to go to a a supercross this year or an outdoor race? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's been you've been to Red Bud, but you're little and you don't remember.
0: Well, I was like two or one. Yeah, you were two. I don't know. But you had fun. Yeah.
1: Wanna to go to another one?
0: Yeah, I like it too. Awesome.
1: Yeah, get some autographs. Maybe a jersey.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm getting a Blue Crew jersey.
1: Blue Crew jersey. Sammy is mechanicking over here. That's what you're hearing. He is just going in on this. But uh this is an average day at the at Troy Dog Shack here. The, the household. So Sir, thank you for your time. Do you have anything else to say before we go?
0: I just love dirt bikes, and I love them to go on the jumps. Little jumps and big jumps.
1: Do you like the whoops?
0: Yeah, like it's so fun.
1: What's it sound like when they go through the whoops?
0: Like, rah, 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 rah.
1: Yeah, you got it down. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
0: You got it, mate.
1: What do you think about Verb Moto? Should everybody you listen to Verb Moto night. Podcast Network?
0: Yeah. It.
1: Yeah? Yeah. And if they don't... What? Is that bad?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was super bad, I would tell.
1: Yeah. So everyone should listen to Verb Moto Podcast Network. You going to listen to it? Cool. Sammy's in. Sammy, you want to say anything, anybody? No. Okay. Well, maybe when it's time. We'll get there when it's time. We'll get there. All right, everybody. That's a wrap. I think that's a good little wrap up here.
0: And that's it. That's it.
1: Yeah, we're going to turn back on your show, man. It's all good. Thank you for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of a mess. That's been my life, though, for the past five years. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I know there's a lot of you dads and moms out there that listen that that feel my pain. But it's not really pain. It's just normal. Like, this is just our life. We, uh, we have a lot going on, and the kiddos are always busy, so... Uh, When you guys are like, hey, why would you miss your flight? Or, like, why are you unorganized? Well, like, dude, we have two kids at home that keep us running around all the time. So if I do forget something, you know, just blame the kids, right? No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, It's been a busy week. Uh, I do want to pump up before we go. I have team previews coming up. Um, every week, first of all, uh, post on vermodo.com. And then a couple weeks from now, we start doing two to two a week. So we're going to try to cover as many teams as possible. I'm going to break down. We did these last year, but I'm going to break down truly what to expect from each rider. Um, we're going to break down, you know, team changes, all kinds of stuff. So looking forward to that. Those are always my favorite things to write at the end of the year or to start of every year. So. Um, give me the clicks. Like those are those are really fun to write. They take some time to get into. We go who's in, who's out. Um, what to expect? We go through the results of uh, what they did last year. It's just a good breakdown. So uh, look for those. We got Truly Design Gas Gas team coming out first. And I appreciate the clicks. So uh, let's wrap this thing up. We'll do some thank yous here. Thanks to. Uh, bird dog thanks to saw dog thanks to chili dog wes who i don't even know anymore because he never hits me up anymore it's uh it's been a little dry spot for me in in verb west here we need to link up and uh have some fun it's been a while so if you see verb west out there say chore dog misses him please come home but uh, thanks to Bub Dog for coming on the pod this week. I was surprised with how much he says. I'm not coming on your podcast, Daddy. I'm like, you're coming on, and he came on. So thanks, Bub Dog. Thanks to Duke Dog for for helping out as well. The mechanic, Duke Dog. He loves to you know work in the garage while he's ripping his P Dub. So I um, think he's wor- Sammy's working on settings for for Eli there on suspension. So. You know, we gotta love the mechanic. Uh, shout out to Ginger Dog. Thank you. And then, uh, who else we got? We got Boots Dog. Thanks, Boots Dog. You finally realized I thank you on these things. Um, Boots Dog is a squad member now. She pumps me up on Twitter every week. Yeah, you thought it was organic, but um, no, I kinda just asked her if she would help, and she's doing a great job. And I appreciate her tweets every week. So, she's a squad member. Um, so I appreciate the, the help Boots Dog and then uh, thank you guys for listening thanks to Garrett Marchbanks and thanks to Mitchell Harrison see you guys next week Japan 4